0: Joy, a phenomenon that transcends our circumstances, a mystery that confounds the enemies. When the world sees despair and doubt, our joy in Christ sings louder and louder, rising above the temporary and embracing the eternal. From prison cell to palace, from dungeon to deliverance, everything pales in comparison to knowing Christ and seeing His beauty to be content in all things to have peace in the midst of anxiety to rejoice in suffering the impossible made possible through Christ oh to be found in him to be called a citizen of heaven to be made righteous
1: how could we do anything but rejoice all right trinity church how you doing today It is great to see you. I want to welcome you here on this last Sunday of October, this last Sunday of our series, as you just saw in the video. Called rejoice. We've been walking our way through the book of Philippians and today we're going to do something if you're a guest today want to welcome you especially really glad you're here if you're here in the worship center out on the pavilion or those watching online we're really glad you're here but today's gonna to be a different kind of service it's something you might have noted in your Trinity this week called a series response. Service. We did this at the end of our series back in the spring called After This Life, where we basically said, man, we've looked at a lot of very powerful themes. Let's take one Sunday just to kind of gather those ideas, kind of go back over them and really just kind of digest what we've been looking at. I know for a lot of us, myself included, I can be the kind who's like, we did it, now let's keep going and go on to next Sometimes it's good just to percolate on what we just did. So that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to do it through an assortment of ways. The key word in what today is called is the word response. As you've already done a great job, it's been great to see you engage and be a part of our worship in a really active way. Our worship team will come back out at the end of the service and have another extended time. That's a part of this uh, kind of particular day. But also what we wanna do is give you a chance to share a little bit, and this is maybe the key thought, what we've seen all throughout the book of Philippians, even though there's these huge themes we're gonna look at together in just a second, this really big threaded idea is the idea of joy. The fact that our joy is something that Paul writes, and we said it was so powerful because Paul writes about this incredible topic while he's imprisoned in jail because of his faith in Jesus. So this, this book speaks deeply to us, and we'll look at that in just a second. So the question that we're going to have for you to be able to respond to, how has your joy increased Or how has your joy grown as you have looked at this book of Philippians with us the last eight weeks? So just have that on the front of your mind, and we'll do a couple things first, and we'll get... A chance to look at that together. What I wanted to do, I wanted to kind of look through the eight different messages very briefly by having us look at the now what statement and then just giving a couple of thoughts. And I want you to help me with that. Take a look at the first one. This is how we started the series, Philippians 1, 1 through 11. I want you to read each of these with me. And I just want to remind you of a couple ideas. So let's read it aloud. Pray like Paul did out of a deep love for the people in your relational world. We noted at the very beginning, a Philippian starts with this incredible prayer. And and Paul writes of this deep love. We'll see all throughout the book, Paul had a unique connection to the church at Philippi. And I think primarily, not only did he birth it, meaning he was there at the very ground level. That was true of a lot of the churches Paul wrote to, but he had a unique relationship because the Philippian church got it they understood the plot. And that was that the gospel was for every person everywhere and it needed to continue and grow. And so Paul writes of their partnership and in his prayer and just thanks them From from the very beginning, they have been on board. They've been a part of what the extension of the gospel was all about, not just in their community, but all over the world. And so as we did that, we kind of looked at that prayer. That was a powerful week for me personally because that was the first time we were introduced to the word joy. We saw that the word joy, we gave a lot of different definitions that week of biblical joy. We saw that that's probably different than what our world thinks of when our world says joy, definitely different than the concept of happiness. And as we did, we just boiled it down. The older I get, the more simple I become. And I love this working definition, joy is grace recognized. Paying attention to the grace that God has just poured over your life. And, and what we realized that week is you and I, we have said things like, such and such is stealing my joy. And let's be honest, maybe it's been more like so and so is stealing my joy. I'm having these challenges by this person or these circumstances. And what we realized is if if I'm gonna see joy through the lens that the Bible presents it, through the lens of how we see it in Philippians, we found that our joy is rooted in what Jesus has accomplished for us. Therefore, nothing, can truly steal my joy. So I remember just feeling corrected in a good way in my spirit as I was preparing for that first message going, God, that is not an accurate statement. Nothing should be able to steal my joy. It might steal my happiness, it might steal my good mood, but it should never be able to steal my joy. Look at the second week. It was the rest of Philippians one we looked at. Read this with me. Because Jesus is worth it, live with courage now, knowing that your future is with him. Paul writes very candidly, and he writes about his own situation in this prison cell, and he says, you know, I'm kind of torn. I'm so anticipating being at home with the Lord. I kind of would choose that if I had the option, but For you philippian christians it's better that i stay and so i want to get on board with that i want to be here and be present and let god continue to use me and within that what paul kind of finishes the chapter with is this really strong encouragement to keep on and not give up and we realize why paul could easily personally identify with what those philippian christians were going through they were being persecuted for their faith in jesus Remember we had said week one, Philippi was a Roman colony. So it had Rome's influence way more than other parts of the world at that time. And a big deal in the Roman approach was Caesar or emperor worship. So they were going countercultural by saying, I know everyone's chanting Caesar is Lord, but we don't believe that. We believe Jesus is Lord. And as a result of that, they were being persecuted in their culture. Paul says this, I know what it is I've been in your shoes, not just generically, but when I was in Philippi, I was wrongly persecuted for my faith in Jesus, thrown in jail unjustly, and he encourages them, keep on, keep trusting the God that you serve because it's worth it. Look at the beginning of chapter two, Theologians, commentary writers would say that Philippians two, down towards the the first few verses is probably one of the most powerful lyrical poems. It's written in poetry and almost like a song related to the absolute exaltation of Jesus. And we would see that it's kind of like the, the center point of the book of Philippians. Everything keeps feeding back into it. And what we saw in that, let's read this together. Read the now what with me. Based on the selfless example of Jesus, value others' well being ahead of your own. Paul begins by saying, Don't be caught up with what you want and what you think you need. Instead, put the needs of others ahead of yourself. And then he goes into show because that's what Jesus did. And he walks through this sequence about Jesus and he says, Jesus absolutely subjected himself to humiliation. But as a result of that obedience, God is going to lift him up in eternal exaltation. And we read these great words that at the name of Jesus, universally, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Kanye West made a lot of news this week when he put out a gospel album. And you might think a lot of things about Kanye. I got a lot of thoughts about Kanye too. But it was interesting as I was listening to the album, he actually did what this, these words in Philippians 2 were all about. He actually took the very last uh, title on the album is Jesus is King, and he just lyrically walks through that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So wherever you're at with Kanye, I'm not worried about that, but I I thought it was powerful that this passage we looked at, he did exactly what it is. He put it to song and he championed it. And that's interesting in our culture, where there's all kinds of different kinds of attacks. It's interesting to see that bubble up for just even a day like today. Look at the next part. We finished chapter two, and this is the now what? Let's read it together. Live out your partnership with God with responses of unity, purity, and faithful sacrifice. Paul goes on to say these words that were really powerful, talking about when we walk in this relationship with Jesus, sometimes we struggle with, God, how much is your responsibility as I keep walking towards that greater obedience and followership, and how much is on me? And Philippians 2 has some powerful words about what God's part, his role in that is, and what our role, and we see this partnership. I introduced you to a theological term called compatibilism, the idea that it is, it is a partnership with God as he is working and as we are responding. And as we got to the end of that chapter, Paul gives two powerful examples related to Timothy and Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus was a Philippian believer who had traveled, even almost died, bringing a financial gift to Paul while he was in prison. And Paul says to the Philippian Christians, hey, these are examples of guys who understand what it's worth to follow Jesus, live like them. Look at the next one. This is the beginning of chapter three, and this is where we got, read it with me. Avoid the trappings of religion and value instead that your rightness comes from faith in Jesus. The beginning of chapter three in Philippians is all about Paul's religious pedigree, his achievements and accomplishments while being this really devoted Jew And what Paul's gonna say is he's gonna say, man, I was going after it. If anyone feels like they should put confidence in their ability to be right with God, it should be me. Look what I was doing, and he just rattles off this list. But like we did that day, I got a little crazy, put a a ladder up on the wall. And what Paul is gonna say, he's gonna use commercial language. He's gonna say that, you know what? In a a trade situation, when I was trying to be religiously right with God, walking up that chain, what I did was I, 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 I kept accumulating these accomplishments. And in reality, what I did is I realized I actually got a bad trade. Not only even and definitely not profitable, I actually got the short end of the stick. And we use the illustration of walking up a ladder and doing all these things that required so much time and effort and devotion to realize when Paul got to the top of the ladder, only to realize his ladder was leaning against the wrong building. So Paul says I made a dramatic change because of what Jesus did in my life. And now instead of trying to find my rightness by what I can do, I put my confidence, my hope, my trust in what Jesus has done for me. And so chapter three has these powerful words about eternity. And by the way, he uses commercial language again to say, and now this engagement with Jesus is a good trade. What I'm getting is far outweighs whatever I've put into it. And we see that powerful comparison. Look at how the rest of chapter three went. Read this now What statement with me. Let's read it together. Unshakable faith is marked by a wholehearted pursuit to know Jesus and following the faithful examples of others around you. Hilke did a great job preaching on this passage, and he talked about Paul being very personal, right? Paul sharing his story. Hey, I strive. This is the goal I'm after. The prize that I'm aiming for is to know Christ in every facet, not just his future resurrection, but even his sufferings now. And he walks that out, and he changes direction a little bit, and he says, hey... Philippian Christians, if you're struggling to know what that walk looks like, you have great mentors and examples among you. Follow them. And he goes on at the very end to remind them. Why? Because your citizenship is in heaven, not here. Hilke did a great job that day using an illustration of his own citizenship, his Dutch background, and even talking about that idea of what does it mean to cross over and become a citizen of the States. And it was a real tangible example for us looking forward we're in chapter four read this with me when facing relational conflict within the church we should help each other to keep our focus on the lord and rely upon him to provide peace bill did a great job preaching on this week and i remember watching the message once i got home and and it was powerful for him to talk about hey imagine paul writes a letter to the church at trinity and calls you out Two women are noted in that thing, and he pleads, would you figure out a way to get along? Would you consider how to preserve your unity? And we talked about that. We just said, you know, it's fascinating. The only time those ladies' names are found in Scripture is in that context. We're going to hope better for their future uh, reputation that they found a way to reconcile, found a way to be right with each other and move forward. And that moves on, that, that passage moves into these really powerful words about where peace is gonna be found. When we have anxiety, is that we bring our challenges, we bring our concerns to the Lord through prayer with thanksgiving, and God promises us peace. And so we saw that powerful disconnection of all those ideas. And then finally, last week, when we finished up chapter four, let's read this together. As you rely on Jesus, Invest the resources of your finances and your influence for eternal gain. So we saw this last part of chapter four. It begins with Paul's ability to communicate to the Philippian believers. I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret of contentment. And he flips around some word usage to kind of flip an idea on its head. It's not found in being self-sufficient. It's found in being Jesus-reliant. And he goes on in that passage to commend them again. We talk about this partnership in the gospel they'd had all the way through. He commends them for the financial gift that they brought through Epaphroditus. And we see that Paul encourages them continually, even by example, Be a person of intentional influence. They would have not missed the last part of the letter when he said, all of those in Caesar's household who are in Christ greet you. That would have hit them like a ton of bricks, like Paul, you're right. In the first chapter, you told us that the gospel is not chained. And now that we see how God is at work, even in the emperor of the entire known world's family, in his extended relationships, we know that you're using Paul, God, use us. So this is an overview, a 30,000 foot overview of the book of Philippians and the big ideas that we walk away with. And we just see again, this idea, every single message, all eight messages, we found the word joy or rejoice at least once in every passage. That's a big deal. So Paul's just threading this idea through with the goal of us walking away a people anchored in joy. So let's do this. I've got Steve and Jared, and we're actually going to take a minute to hear from you a little bit today. So what I want to do, we're going to come down with some microphones. I want to give you an opportunity. We said at the beginning, kind of the, the, the lead question, maybe the prompt, is how has your joy grown? How has your joy increased over the course of this study in the book of Philippians? So if you just want to go ahead, go ahead and raise your hand or stand up and we'll, we'll find you. come on, don't be shy. I know it's always hardest to go first, but if you're thinking you want to share something, I promise you go, and then everyone else is going to go after it. Let me come back to you. And why don't we do this? Why don't you actually step out to the edge of your row? We're going to, we've, we've kind of learned we're going to hold onto microphones. That's how it rolls. So uh, come on out, tell us your first name, and then maybe what you'd like to share.
2: Am on? There I am. Hi, I'm Carol, and the thing that I have learned is that God is in charge. And when I'm going through a trial, Satan will try and get me to think, oh, man, God doesn't care. He's not there. But he is. And it just, I was going through a trial a while ago, and I started to get frustrated and everything else like that. And it was like, so what? You think I'm up in heaven going, shoot, I should have had my Wheaties this morning and not that donut." And that's not God. God is always there. He's always there for us. He loves us. He died on the cross for us. There's nothing that we can't do on our own that he hasn't already taken care of. And we just need to give it to him and let him do it. And if we do that, then we're able to go back to and say, no, wait a minute. I can have joy in this because I know God is in control of this. That's
1: awesome. Thank you, Carol. I appreciate it. Love it. All right, go ahead and tell us your name and what would you like to share?
0: Mary, and I'd just like to thank everybody in the women's Bible study and in church here and you for your sermons. Uh, Just I've had a really tough tough year for uh, health and everything and um, family, and Christ has just never given up on me, and I can't give up on him. So I just want to thank everybody to keep me on there right road. That's
1: great. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate you sharing that. It's okay. awesome. Who else? Steve, you want to head over there towards Marty?
3: Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I've experienced a lot of joy contrary to what I thought taking two of our children to LAX uh, one day, a Sunday, the next day, a Monday, but knowing that they were following Jesus to the places where he had called them. And I I miss them. I can talk to them on WhatsApp, but the joy was planted so deep in my heart for them. And... Um, I continue to have that joy. So it's just a testimony that even when my emotions would kind of feel other things, the joy goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And for me, it's a privilege to be a mom of these two that have gone one to Iraq and the other to North Africa, faraway places. So I'm thankful. That's
4: it. Thank you, Marty.
1: That's great. Somebody else, just be interested to in be able to share with us. Thank you, Marty, for sharing that. I think Steve in the very back.
4: We get paid per person, so be sure to stand up here. <laughs> uh, uh, who was it back here? Um, can you step out here for us? Otherwise, the, they can't see you. There we go. Thank you. Shalom. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And he says, Jesus came to be the servant king. And when we die to ourselves, and we pour our hearts out to others, and we look every single day of our life, who we're going to reach out to, who we're going to share the message of Jesus Christ to, that's when we gain our joy. (laughs) So my message to you today is that Jesus loves all of us, but he wants us to be fed and then pour out. And as we pour out, he gives us that joy. And then when we're hurting, when we're in pain, and we seek out to find someone who is even hurting even more, then the Lord pours back into us and gives us that joy, that supernatural joy. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you.
1: Good. We probably have time for maybe one more, so go ahead.
5: Well, Pastor, I did watch the interview with Kanye, so um, what I thought was interesting was uh, his uh, take on why he's doing it, and it kind of relates to what's going on in Philippians. I think it's because we spend so much time on the superficial of what's around us in the world that we don't see the joy that we can get. We find things on our own terms, and it's hard, it's almost like we're children sometimes when we seek uh, our own path and God's like our, well, he's our father, but I mean, it's also um, to the point where we look for things that can fulfill us outside of God, which can leave us empty inside, so I like, um, the fact that with the, the church and also with other things that you're never alone and you're always with, with other people um, together and I think that's what the ultimate um, goal is when you're with um, a community um, is bringing people together and that's, that's what I really like about this church and I also like about um, being able to reflect on what we learn.
0: Thanks. Hi. I'm Sherry Skubik, and I have the privilege of leading Christianity Explored with my husband, John. And uh, it has been a joy to see how many people came together to volunteer to minister to people. And also, we have great um, workers to bring food and fellowship into the room. But every Sunday night, when we are with these um, just lovely people who are desiring to see God more and more, and experience him and see the identity of Jesus. Tonight we're, we are talking about the cross of Jesus. But seeing them open the word and seeing that he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it. So this Philippians passage has meant so much because it shows us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when we see the joy that our fellow believers are igniting in passion to the people who are coming and desiring more and more. That just ignites our fire and wants us to be a church on fire for Jesus.
1: All right. Thank you guys so much for sharing. That was great. Jared and Steve, thank you. This is what I wanted to do. And and I love this. We did this last service and I was kind of wondering, how's that going to go? We, over the course of this series, we would ask you weekly, just an encouragement. Hey, would you memorize this particular passage? today's the day of reckoning. We're gonna have, no, I'm not gonna do that. Um, (laughs) But what we're gonna do is, we're gonna put them all up on the screen. We're gonna read corporately through them. They're totally out of context, but what you're doing is you're just letting the Word of God and these kind of weekly themes kind of bubble to the top is really cool. So we're gonna put them up. We'll just go through one at a time. There's no references, but just to keep the flow of thought and we'll read together. Let's begin. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. There we go. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Great job. Hey, take a look at this. What's the deepest
6: root of your joy? What God gives to you or what God is for you? One way to get at that question, In your own soul is to ask why did thank you jared that was great and i appreciate it let's
1: do it like that again tonight and of course there are glorious
6: answers like he died to forgive my sins and to take away the wrath of god and to give me deliverance from hell and to give me imputed righteousness and to give me entrance into heaven and to cause my body to be raised from the dead and to give me entrance into the new heavens and the new earth and take away all my tears. And that would be right and gloriously true, and we should rejoice in it. But none of them is the ultimate reason for why he died. 1 Peter 3.18 says, Christ suffered the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God. He died to bring us into fellowship with God because in God's presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And all the other works of redemption are a means to that. It says in Psalm 40, verse 16, "...let those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord." It doesn't say, let those who love your salvation say continually, great is your salvation." but great is the Lord. Of course, our salvation is great, and we should love it as great. But mainly, our salvation is happening to us, and all the gifts of God are coming to us in order that we might know God, love God, treasure God, be satisfied in God. So the biblical answer to the question, what is my ultimate deepest source of joy? It's not his gifts, it's him known and enjoyed in and through his gifts.